Two weeks ago, before we left to go on the retreat, two weeks ago I started this new series called The Power to Change. And let me recap just a little bit because that was a little while back. So let me kind of get us back into this series. And what we're talking about is talking about the changes that we want to see happen in 2024. And for most of us, we have resolutions, right? Or if, you don't, if you're not the type of person that does a resolution, um, you might have a goal that you have in store for this year. Something that would change things in 2024 or make things different. I, I love top 10 lists, and so I saw a couple of magazine articles on resolutions for the new year. And I'll share the top five that are just the most common uh, number five is to learn a new skill or hobby. Number four is to save more, spend less. Number three is to lose weight. Number two, exercise. Number one, diet and eat healthy. How many of y'all would say, yes, one of those is on my list? Um, pretty much. I mean, everybody that does a list has one of these. Then what I found is I found a unique resolutions list of something that you can do that would be a little different. So for number five on this list was to take a staycation in the new year. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, how many times, I mean, you know, we live here, but what would it be like to be, you know, somebody that's just visiting for the first time? Like, what would you do? Uh, go rafting on the Chattahoochee? Not when it's 20 degrees, but, you know, things like that. So take a staycation. I thought that was pretty interesting. Number four, what was number four? Make a prank list. Um, may, and this is what the article said. Make a list of harmless yet hilarious pranks that you could pull on people. Not your preacher, but... I, Joel, not your preacher, yep. yeah. <laughs> but on people, y'all, I, I do have to give it up for Joel. Joel actually gave me a Christmas gift this year. I don't know if y'all know that. <laughs> After the service was over, he brought me a gift, and I thought, this was so nice. I was not expecting this, and so, you know, I, I had that whole awkward, do I open this in front of you? He's like, yes, open So I pull out the tissue, and in the bag, I found a Ridge mug and a Ridge pen and a Ridge card. Basically, everything on the shelves out front, right? So anyway, make a prank list, a harmless prank list. Um, number three, I thought this was an unfollow unwanted shows. Do y'all have that thing, maybe some of y'all like me, where your queue in your Netflix account, like you're like, oh, I'll watch, I'm going to save that and watch it later, but you never get around to it. Clean that out. Number two was read a book. You know, read that book that you've been meaning to dust off the book or open up the Kindle. And then number one is, I, this is kind of weird, start a no regrets club. This is what they say. They say to get in a group and share your most regrettable moments from the past year with a few friends. Maybe an embarrassing story or a cringeworthy moment. They say that this will bring a lot of laughter, but I think this will bring me a lot of anxiety. So I'm not going to be starting a no regrets club. But anyway... I thought these were kind of unique, and we all have those things. Here's, here's the point in sharing these. Most of what we want to accomplish in the new year has to do with me, has to do with us, has to do personally with yourself, and only with us, right? When we make those goals, we think about ourselves. You know, it's my money, it's my weight, it's my food, it's my exercise, it's my time. It's all about me. I'm focused on me in the new year, but what if... What if this new year, the power to change is actually in something a little bit different? Instead of focusing so much on me, what if I focused more on God? What would happen to our goals, our dreams, our resolutions if we thought more about what God wanted to do for us and not just what I wanted to do? You see, I think that shift in thinking would give us the power to make some pretty big changes in the new year. So... With this in mind, 
In the first week, I offered a challenge to you, okay? So two weeks ago, when we started this off, I offered this challenge. I challenged you to be bold in your witness, like bold in your conversations, to look for opportunities to share more, not make it about, you know, talking about me all the time, but talking about God. What if you had more God conversations in your everyday life? What kind of change would that bring? I think it'd bring a pretty big change, honestly. And today, I want to give you another challenge. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to be talking about being faithful in your service. Okay, making 2024, you want more in 24, to make it more about doing more for God, doing more for others, and not just serving ourselves. And the reason I think that this is important is because this is actually what Jesus taught us, right? And if I could paraphrase, and y'all remember this, the first week we talked about this, Jesus says, you can't make it about you, right? In fact, when he's talking to his disciples, he tells them, he's like, you've got to deny yourself. Like, you got to deny that, that, that side of yourself that's always concentrating on you and what you want and what you need. You deny yourself, and then he goes even further, and he says, I want you to pick up your cross, which was an instrument of death. And Jesus saying this is pick up your cross and follow me is basically his way of saying die to what you want and live for me. That's where the change happens. That's where we receive more power. That's where things are different. And then Jesus said, as if that weren't enough, right? He goes even further and he says, if you want to be great, If you want to be one of those people that are known, that are remembered, if you want to make the most count in this life, man, you got to make it about everybody else. In fact, pretty famous verse here from Matthew 23, 11. Let's read this. These are the words of Jesus. He says, the greatest among you, you want to talk about being great in this year, what's coming up next, the greatest among you, you got to be a servant. See, we're called to be selfless. We're called to deny what we want. And as Jesus followers, it's not, just, it's not just what we do, but man, it reflects who we are and what we believe. So with that in mind, I want to take you to a great story in Acts 9, 36. It illustrates the servant nature Jesus is looking for. And this is, involves a unique Bible character named Dorcas. And I love that name. Has anybody ever, in the first service, has somebody actually knew someone named Dorcas? Has anybody known anybody named Dorcas before? Okay, I think we should bring this name back. So if you're planning to have children in the future, I'm just saying, that would be a cool one to baptize here at the Ridge. Anyway, I just want to highlight this story because it, it illustrates selfless service so beautifully. This, this is what we read about Dorcas. It says, there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She's always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Now, there are a few things that make Dorcas special. Number one is that she is the first Greek woman mentioned in the New Testament. That's, that's pretty important. Number two, her name actually means gazelle, so A lot of biblical scholars think that she was probably a very beautiful woman. We're not sure about that. But what we do know, number three, is that she was always serving. Keyword, always. And if you read this verse, you'll see what she did for others was really cool. Like she made clothing for others. She's always 
helping the poor. And not only that, but if you keep reading in Acts 9, which I encourage you to do, just jot down Acts 9 on the message notes. And y'all, just so you know, I know we're in a new facility. If you want message notes in the morning, they're by the offering basket, so you just pick them up on your way in. But if you'll jot down Acts 9, you can read her story later. But it was really cool because Peter actually raised her. God used Peter to raise her from the dead. So there's this point to where Dorcas is so meaningful, right, She's so important that when she passes away, everybody kind of looks at each other and they're like, oh, we can't have this. Go get Peter. Like he's got, raising someone from the dead doesn't happen very often in scripture. So this, this makes me feel like this is an important person. And what we know about her that's very important is that she's always, always, keyword, always serving. She was known for that, which, which makes me wonder. What are you always known for? Like, think about that for a minute. Like, when people think of you, like, what do they think? Well, they're always, what, fill in the blank. Like, well, you know Jane, she's always, or you know John, he's always. Like, what would people use? I, I thought about this the other day because uh, people always tell me that I'm really loud. And I hear this all the time. And, y'all, I'm sorry, I know I have an obnoxious preacher voice. And I get this all the time, and you've heard me say this before, but people come up to me and they're like, were you in, were you in Publix yesterday because um, I didn't see you, but I heard you? I, or you were in Walmart, I didn't see you. Or were you in the Piggly Wiggly the other day, I didn't see you. There you go, Brian. Um, but I heard you. So let me ask you, what do people always say about you? Fill in the blank. Like, are you always encouraging, always griping, always working, always sharing your faith, always on Instagram? Like, what would people say? Always, what if, what if this year, what if we tried to be more like Dorcas? And when people described us, these are the words that they used. Well, they're always helping. They're always serving. They've always got that kind heart. In fact, I put this in your message notes. I just put a blank there. What if instead of putting Dorcas in that blank there, what if you put your name in that blank? Let that sit with you for a minute. What would that look like to say Jimmy is always doing kind things? What would that look like for you to have your name in this new year? This would be how people describe you. You're always doing, always. Think of how much would change. right? Not just for the people that you're serving, but in your life. How much would change if you were known for always? So, what do we do? How can we do this? Like, how can we learn to serve more? And y'all, it's actually quite simple. And I wrote down a few points here for you this morning. If you got your message notes or if you got the app open, you can fill these in. And everybody online, thank you for joining us this morning. You can open up the Ridge app and follow along. Here's some ways to serve. How to serve in 2024 and to be known for someone that has an always has a kind heart. Number one, number one, it's very simple. Make something. Make, make something, make something happen. And what I want to do is I want to illustrate a biblical story with each one of these to show you how simple this is, okay? So, so for this point, I want to take you back to King David. I want to take you back to King David, and we mostly remember David because he was king, a great and well-known king, loved in Scripture, of course, but he's also known for his battles. In fact, the biggest battle that he ever won is one that we still talk about, right? It involves the guy Goliath. David and Goliath, it's a huge story. But when it came to his battles, man, he was known for being an amazing fighter. Okay, in fact, before he was even king, they sang songs about his 
exploits, like about him fighting these battles. And it made the current king, King Saul, really mad. I mean, imagine people making up songs about how great and awesome you are. And this was happening to David. How cool is that? And in a lot of ways, people would say, well, what made him great were these battles. But I would say, I would venture to say that all of his triumphs began because he was willing to make something. Because he made something happen for his family. And I don't know if y'all know this part of the story of David and Goliath, but David was too young to fight. All of his brothers were fighting, and you know he wanted to. He wanted to be with his older brother. He looked up to his older brothers like anybody else did, I'm sure, and he wanted to be on the front lines with them, but he couldn't. They wouldn't let him. So one day his dad comes to him, and he says, David, he says, I know this isn't glamorous. I know this isn't what you really want to do. I know, I know you'd rather be out there fighting, but here's, I really need something. Could you, could you serve your brothers today? Could you make... Could you make them a lunch? Could you just make some PB&Js, you know, throw in some little Debbies, some chips, whatever, and just make a lunch and take it to them? And when he did, we all know what happened next when he got there. You see, going along with this point to make something, you see, I think that great things, and what happened to David next once he took his brothers to lunch is that he faced down Goliath. I, I, I think that. I think that great things never really start with us looking to advance ourselves. I think great things always happen, though, when we start by serving. In fact, this is what Jesus said, right? That verse that we talked about earlier. You want to be great? What do you do? You serve others. You start by serving. You make something happen, not for yourself, but you make something for someone else. So that brings up the question, can you make something? Can you make, can you make anything? Like, make a lunch. Make a lunch date with somebody. Put it on your calendar. Make make some time happen. Time is very valuable. Can you make that happen for someone? Can you make a moment happen for someone else? If you do, I'm telling you, that may just be the catalyst that brings a huge change. So number one, simple as making something. Number two, offer something. Offer something. I did a sermon a while back based on all the prophecies that led to Jesus and how many prophecies he fulfilled in the Old Testament. There's one prophecy in particular that's pretty cool, and it involves a donkey. Hundreds of years before the time of Jesus, um, a prophet named Zechariah said that the Messiah would come on a donkey. Now, this doesn't make sense, and it just doesn't seem right. Like, the king, the Messiah, coming in on a donkey. We're not thinking, we're thinking big horses. We're thinking a crown. We're thinking everybody singing and celebrating this moment. Like, that's what should happen. I was thinking about this the other day because we're in the award season and the Golden Globes or the Emmys or something, you know, they, they all, they're all coming around right now. And, you know, the red carpet is like a mile long filled with photographers. Everybody shows up in these stretch limos, and I thought, how, fu- how cool would it be if one person just showed up on a scooter? Like, how- or like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, like, what if they showed up like Lloyd and Harry from uh, Dumb and Dumber, right? Like, how cool would that? That would be hilarious, right? But totally not acceptable, right? We don't expect that to happen. And yet Jesus, Jesus comes in on a donkey. And in this way, what he does, is he portrays that humble nature that he's looking for us to copy. 
that he wants to teach them. So Jesus says to his disciples before he goes in Jerusalem, he says, listen, I need you to go get me a donkey, and there's this guy, and there's this place, and if he asks you, you know, um, about the donkey, just say the Lord needs it. And so the disciples go, and they find a donkey that was owned by someone else, and we don't know anything about this guy. We don't know if he owned one. We don't know if he owned ten or if he owned a hundred. We don't know if he's really wealthy, and he loaned these things out like Uber rides, or if this was like his only one that he had, right? But here's what we do know. He didn't offer any excuses. You know, he didn't look at the disciples and say, what, you want to, you want to take? Like, this is the only one I got. My other one's in the shop. Like, I kind of need this donkey right here. Or this one's, like, high end. Like, I just upgraded the saddle, just shampooed the mane. Like, this one's going to cost you, right? He didn't do any of that. He just said, they said, the Lord needed it. He offered what he had. And when he did that, Jesus fulfilled a 553-year-old prophecy that day, and it changed everything. Like, it's one of those moments that we still talk about, that we still celebrate on Palm Sunday. His triumphal entry into Jerusalem on that donkey. And it changed this image of Christ. All because someone was willing to offer what he had. So, when it comes to this point, let me, let me ask you, like, what can you offer in the new year? Like, if you're willing to offer God more, but just offer more opportunities. See if God doesn't use that. See if God doesn't change things around you. The third thing, third thing we, we can do is we can just get up and do something. Again, very simple, just broad, general statements. Just get up. Sometimes we're so distracted with everything we have on our phones and on TV and everything. Sometimes we just need to be motivated just to get up and do something. And for this story, I want to take you to one of the most well-known stories involving service that we have in Scripture because it illustrates this so well. Jesus is sitting down with his disciples one last time before everything happens, before he gets arrested. You know the story. He has one last meal with them. He's sitting around the table. And during this time, everything, you got to imagine just the weight that's on Jesus. And what's happening with the disciples is that their conversations start to turn. And they immediately become immature little teenagers, and they start arguing with each other. And you know what they're arguing about? They're arguing about who's the goat. You know what the goat is, right? The greatest of all time. You've heard people say this, like the goat of basketball, the goat of football. People like, you know, put very, well, who's the goat disciple? Like, who's the greatest of all time? Who's the best disciple? Like, who would be the superhero? And then who would be the sidekick? And I can't imagine how that conversation went, but I, but I imagine it all started with John and you know, John talking about to everybody else, well, we know Jesus loves me the most. And the reason I say that is because when you read the book of John, John actually refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. It's true. So, like, I imagine him writing the book, and he's like, and then Jesus said to me, I mean, the one Jesus loved, which you know made Peter mad. And Peter's probably looking at John going, yeah, well, I was the one that walked on the water. You were the one that stayed in the boat. You didn't even get out of the boat. And then Bartholomew looked at Peter and said, yeah, but you sank. Could be why Jesus calls you the rock, <laughs> right? That was a good one. Come on. That was a good one. All right? And then Peter's looking at Bartholomew going, be quiet, man. Nobody even knows you're a disciple. And right now, some of y'all are wondering. To be honest, you're probably thinking, is he really? Poor Bartholomew. But anyway, I can't imagine how it went, but Jesus has got to be sitting in that moment going, give me a, you got to be kidding me. Give me a break. 
can't believe this. He's got to be amazed. And so what does he, he gets up and he just does something. He does something that changes everything. He gets up and you know the story. He grabs a towel. He goes over to the water basin and he brings it over to his disciples and he begins to wash their feet. And y'all, this is so shocking. I can't tell you how shocking this is. It is so shocking that Peter looks at Jesus when he sees what Jesus is about to do. And he's like, stop. Don't, what are you doing? Like, you cannot do this. Right? Back then, you, you know how this is. They, they walked everywhere they went. They wore sandals, and so their feet were dirty. So it was very customary for people to walk into a home and be offered the chance to. But the homeowner would never wash their feet. They had servants for this. And so Jesus takes this role of a servant, and he does something. And he serves in such a way that it changes everything. And it sets a new standard for us. And he goes on to say in Matthew 20, 28, he says, I, the Messiah, Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. Okay, that's not why I'm here. I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so in this moment, what Jesus is showing us and what he's teaching us is the secret to success. If you want to know how to make things change, like if you want to know how to make things different, if you want to know how to make things better in this new year, man, make it about God and make it about other people. That's where the change happens. And all of these points that I'm bringing up, it, it, there's, there's nothing huge. There's no real big aha moments. It's just highlighting one thing. It's just, it's simple to serve. It's, it's simple to understand. It's hard to put into practice, right? So maybe don't just sit there. You know, offer something. Make something. Do something for someone else every now and then. Pay for someone else's meal that might be struggling. Send in an encouraging text out of the blue. Pray for someone else. Visit someone who's lonely. And again, the reason we do this is because this is who we are as Christ followers. The reason we do this is because it changes things. It doesn't just change them, but it changes us. Jesus knew this. This is why Jesus encouraged us to do it. This is why he taught us to do this. Because you know how this happens. You know, you've been in those moments, and if you haven't, I pray that you do, where you're serving someone else, and at the end of it, you look at them, and you realize that you've been a blessing to them, but you think to yourself, man, this was so much more of a blessing for me than it was for you. Because we know the change that happens in us. It changes things. So let me close with one more story. Story at the end of Jesus' ministry that, that tells us a little bit about what it's going to look like when he comes back again. And in Matthew 25, he says this is how it's going to end. And I would encourage you later on to just go back and read um, the rest of Matthew 25. And you'll be able to fill in the rest of this story. But he says this. He says, the Son of Man will come in all his glory that day that we're waiting for. And the angels will come with him. And he's going to sit in glory on his throne. And all the nations will be in front of him. And he's going to separate the people into two groups. He's going to be like a shepherd who, who separates the sheep from the goats. He's going to put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now, if you go on to read the rest of this chapter, what you're going to find is that Jesus uses, he starts this as the launching point to talk about serving. 
right? And so he says, one day I'm going to come, I'm going to put sheep on my right, goats on my left. And if I could have my own little commentary here, you know, do you want to be a goat or do you want to be a sheep? Because the goat, you remember what the goat is? The goat are the people that think they're the greatest of all time, right? The goats are the one that makes it all about themselves. The goats don't really care about following Christ or his example or making it about God or others. So Jesus gets to that end of the story and he says, you know, there's going to be a point where I said, Jesus looks at the goats and he says, I don't know you. You're far from me. But to the sheep, but to the sheep, Jesus is going to look at those that were the sheep and he's going to thank them. And he's going to say, thank you for serving me. And you know the story, I'm sure that you've heard this in church. He's going to say, when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I needed a place to stay, you helped me out. When I needed some clothes, you were like Dorcas, and you gave me some clothes. You made me some clothes. You helped me with a suit when I needed it, you know, for a job interview. Or when I was in the hospital, you prayed for me. When I was in prison, you came and visited me when nobody else would. When I was lonely, like you were there, you were shoulder to cry on when I needed it. You were there. You were always serving. And then at the end of that, some people are going to look at Jesus and they're going to say, well, when did we do that? Jesus, you've been gone. Like, when did we do that for you? And Jesus is going to look at them and he's going to say, whatever you did for the least of these, right? You did for me. So whenever you made it about someone else, well, in a way you were serving me. In a way you were serving God. So Jesus takes this story and he flips this idea around of what it means to be the goat. The greatest. Because in our society, it's all about pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and making something happen for me. And I just got to believe it for myself. And I got to live into this. And I got to be all I can be, right? And Jesus says, no, no, no. You do what you can for others. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what brings the change that you're looking for. That's what brings the meaningful change that we all need to see happen. So what if in this new year, what if we did that? Let me give you two quick suggestions, real quick, on how to make that happen. How to make it more about others. Number one is just be intentional with it. And these aren't in your message notes. You can just jot these down off to the side if you want to. If you, if you, need to, if you feel like there's a point on the screen and you've got to write that down, I understand that. I'm the same type of person. Number one is be intentional. And what I mean by this is have a consistent place that you serve and use your gifts. And you know what, I'm just going to offer up right here at the church as one of those places. We have opportunities right here. In fact, I wrote down a couple of people, and I hate, I really don't do this very often. I need to do this more because I always leave people out. But I'm going to talk about a few people. Kelly and Megan Garrett are here every Sunday morning and serve at the 930 service. And Kelly, I want you to know, he basically built half this building. He built the stage that, we're, that I'm standing on. He built the bump out walls in front of the bathroom so that when the bathroom doors open, nobody can see you, which is a good thing, Right? So he made all of that happen, and we're changed because of it. Beth Russell serves in our infant room and rocks babies to sleep so the parents can be in here in worship. Right now, Clay Powers, across the hallway, the media team is over there. In fact, this is so cool, y'all. Clay actually has a way to talk to us in the worship through a talkback mic. So let's see if this works. Let's see if they're paying attention. Hey, Clay, are you there? Hey, tell us who's serving in the uh, in the side room over there in media today. Sure. So over on the far left, <laughs> number one, you can see over there this morning, as you can see on the screen up, uh, up front. Oh, or not see now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 
I guess he's running the lights. There we go. So that's the team over there. They've got even more people over there, and they're amazing. Um, so thankful for everybody that spends not one service, but two services in that room. Uh, Bob Storm gets here every Sunday. Y'all know Coffee Bob. He's here every Sunday preparing coffee for us out front. We have an amazing team that meets. Every, yeah, give, give it up for Bob and the coffee. We do not. I don't survive, y'all. I can't get through two services without Bob uh, and the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't need Anyway. You'll need to leave the spirit out. Um, spirit and coffee. Um, we have an amazing team every month that shows up to serve at Rose Hill. Uh, y'all know our homeless ministry where we feed them. Debbie Simrel uses her gifts and help is helping decorate and you know organize this whole building to make it more of a home. Some of y'all noticed the prints that were outside that were just hung. We've got crosses that are coming. We've got some cool features that just continue to make this building more a home for us at the Ridge. Bethany Elstock just had her first baby, baby CC, and she is still right now. She is at home taking care of baby Cece, and she's watching online. I'm glad you're with us, Bethany. But she is right now in the throes of preparing for an amazing women's ministry retreat that's going to happen at the beginning of March. So, y'all, I could go on and on and on. I can't name everybody, of course, and I know I left some people out. But there are people right here that serve faithfully, and you can too. So, if you want to, you can go on our Ridge app and you can register. If you just open up the Ridge app and scroll down, you'll see Sunday, Sunday morning service opportunities, okay? We'd love to have you. And here's the deal. When you're intentional about serving, it doesn't have to be just at your church. It could be at work. It could be at school. It could be at a community event, whatever. It's just somewhere. The, the idea is, is to have a place where you can plug in weekly or monthly or whenever where you put the focus on someone else where you're intentional about your opportunities to serve. The second thing is to be spontaneous. It's just look for opportunities. Y'all, we miss so much because our heads are always down in our phones. We don't ever pay attention to what's around us. And God gives us opportunities all the time. And we just, sometimes we're just not good at taking advantage of it. Here's an idea. Maybe when you wake up in the morning, just ask God for help to see those opportunities. Just what would happen if you prayed and were just like, God, just help me. Open my eyes and see where there's an opportunity to make something happen. God, make me a David. Make me a I want one of those stories where I make, you know, I, I want to glorify you in such a way that I make something for someone else happen. And then I have a Goliath-type story. Maybe offer what you have during the day. God, help me to see how I can offer myself throughout the day. You know, or just do something. God, help me not to just get to this point where I'm just sitting around all day, but help me to get up and just look for an opportunity to do something small, like even just taking a towel and cleaning like Jesus did, because who knows how much that change will bring. And then maybe, if we're intentional, and if we're spontaneous with it, then maybe after this year, in 2025, when we're looking back or when other people are looking back, maybe they'll fill in that blank with your name. Maybe they'll think of you and they'll say, blank is always, you know him, he is always doing kind things. She is always doing kind things. They don't just talk about Jesus or talk about knowing Jesus. Man, they live the love of Jesus. See, you want power to change things in 2024? It's pretty clear. Serve others. Serve others. 
serve God and serve others. Let's pray together. God, I just, we'd ask God that you would just shake us up. God, that you would just move within us. Uh, help us to break apart of all the self-centeredness and that, that we tend to be focused on in so many ways. God, I just, I just pray that you would help us deny ourselves and look for opportunities to serve you. God, I pray that each one of us as we leave this morning, that we would grow in how we put ourselves out there for you and for others. God, we want to make a difference. God, we want to make a difference for you. We want to make a difference for this church community. So God, help us. Help us, whether that's at church or in our neighborhood or at home or at school or at work. God, help us. Help us to serve. God, please give us eyes to see where we can just do the simple things that can mean so much. God, help us to make something happen. Help us offer something. God, help us just to do something every once in a while that takes a focus off of ourselves. Use us. Because we, we believe, God, we believe in this, that if we learn to become less focused on ourselves, that's when we become more like you. And that's what we want. God, we serve because you first served us. So thank you for loving us, Jesus. And help us to love others in the same way. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen.